Welcome to the Live Up Podcast, where we revisit the movies from our youth to see if they live up. Quick note on how this episode will go. We'll review, discuss, and score whether the movie in question lives up to us now as adults and whether it lives up to its intended audience, kids today. Uh, also, a quick note for all of our new listeners and old listeners, not too old, though. No, no old jokes here. Nobody's old Nobody's here. Old. Nobody's old here. <laughs> it would be great if you subscribe, like, and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. That would help us a lot. I'm Jess Latterman. And I'm Amanda Treat. On today's episode, we're paying tribute to a character that dominated during our childhoods. It's Paul Rubens, May He Rest in Peace, starring as Pee-wee Herman in 1985's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee Herman's so pervasive in the 1980s that two of the movies we've already reviewed had clips of his show or characters directly talking about him or doing impressions of him during that, those movies. Which which movies were those? I can't, couldn't remember that. So Overboard, the youngest son, oh, right. is talking entirely in a Pee Wee Herman voice and is obsessed with him. And then Troop Beverly Hills, when they check themselves oh, into the Beverly Hills right. Hotel, okay. they're watching Pee Wee's Playhouse during their like rained out camping event. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah, he rained in the 80s for sure. So Jess, what's your memory of Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I watched his show religiously. I mean, every, I think it was me, Saturday morning. Me too. Morning. I think we all did. Yeah. yeah every week. pervasive. <laughs> it was my favorite. If there was a rerun on, run on, I would watch it. I mean, religiously watching it. I mean, I think a core memory of my childhood Saturday morning cartoon watching, even though it's not a cartoon, yeah. involved Pee Wee Herman. His character looms large. But in the movie, I don't remember where I, when I saw it first. We watched it, but like a fair amount, but it wasn't to the extent of an overboard or a coming to America in our house. Maybe because um was terrified of Large Marge and that Large Marge (laughs) loomed so much that I I think I was wary of watching it sometimes. So, but I guess we must have been young at that point. Like it surprised me that this was 1985. In my head, it was later. Yeah, I don't think any of us saw it in the theater and I don't think our parents knew what Pee-wee Herman was so there would be no reason for them to take us to see this because just like what the f is this movie right. and, that and just I would up. venture to say that they would probably want to do anything other than sit through as a parent a Pee-wee movie but if there were just some commercials running for a movie with a 33 year old playing this man child and you're supposed to take your kids to it like yeah we'd all be a little wary yeah, a little bit of creep out even yeah. yeah yeah just what is this thing so yeah no i i don't think any of us saw it in the theater but we definitely all saw it at some point because everyone i know can cite the moment that they saw large march yeah no she suddenly looms... became terrified of this movie it's it's uh quite the cameo i guess um but i do think that we haven't had a movie in a while where we both watched this frequently so I feel yeah. like our viewing, our childhood viewing has finally overlapped. We're on the same level, yeah. finally. <laughs> so we are. So so it's an even playing field now. So, But what is your history with this movie? I think it's the same thing. I didn't see it in the theater. I remember seeing it on my grandmother's television when I was having a sleepover with my barely younger sister, Emily, and my cousin, Jessica. And yeah, the Large Marge thing really just 
tainted the whole experience of it. Like, yeah. I just remember us wanting to shut it off and not turn it back on again. We made it all the way through, but it just, it hit such a point that my sister Emily reminded me earlier that she was so afraid of this movie. My mother forbid us to go over and watch any more movies really? at my grandmother's house. She was so scared of Large Farm. It's so funny how these things, like, just pop out at kids. I mean, I I put yeah. Large Marge up there with the Gartham from The Dark Crystal in a way. It's, yeah, that, that sunken into our childhood fear. <laughs> I didn't realize this, that the movie came first before the show. Yes. I, I, I didn't yeah. even realize that. Yeah, the Pee-wee character was, like, out there. Paul Rubens was part of the Groundlings troupe, their comedy troupe out in L.A. He'd been doing skits with this character for a very, very long time. I think with more adult humor tucked into it. Yeah. But then got this movie offer, and they rewrote the character and turned it into a more kid-friendly thing. Because, honestly, this you could not watch two hours of adult humor version of this. Like, that would just be weird. It would be weird. When I was in grad school, there was a bar in Boston called the Tam that used to put it on like around midnight oh and our drunken asses would just sit there and be like, oh my God, Phoebe's Playhouse. Oh like it's kind of meant to be watched high or drunk, was... but with that little bit of nostalgia, like that was the best Phoebe's Playhouse was like yeah. at the Tam at midnight, drunk off our heads. I did think that rewatching it, that maybe I should have been drunk and that it would have been the experience as intended. I should say I didn't watch this with my kids. And again, not because I thought it would be inappropriate or anything. It was just I wasn't feeling well. So like our schedules were all like weird. Um, So I did watch this like by myself over, <laughs> like, oh, while I wasn't yeah, feeling well, kind which of is kind of weird. <laughs> okay. But um, but I think it would have been it would have been fine to watch it with my kids. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like this is totally child appropriate. Yeah. And I kind of noted where I thought at least Isaac, my younger, would, would appreciate some of the gags, if you will. Well, Jess, can you remind our listeners what Pee-wee's Big Adventure is all about? I can. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. I know. It's nuts. So I thought of it as this. This is more of a feeling. But imagine how weird and slightly creepy it would be to have just the concept of a Looney Tunes cartoon come to life in a live action. And then you throw in a guy with pretty much the most punchable face on the planet. And that to me is the feeling <laughs> of this movie, regardless no. of the plot. But, but what it's actually about uh, is an adult in perpetual childhood gets his bike stolen and goes on an epic journey where you can never quite tell what is real and what's a dream sequence. That's your summary. Okay. <laughs> right? Fair enough. I don't think I did that justice, but it's it's the dream sequence that I, I'm like, is this real? Oh, wait, it is. Oh, wait. Oh, there oh, no, he's are a, There's a lot of dream sequences in this movie, and I will reveal, I think I've said it before on this podcast, but I really hate dream sequences and movies and books. Like, they have to be really really awesome and have a point and most movies the dream sequences are useless and i hate them so much mm. starting off on a good note here well we'll see if i like these but um i, di I did want to give a little bit more of a backstory about where this peewee character comes from we just talked about the groundlings a little bit yeah but paul rubens was obviously an actor with the groundlings a comedy troupe for many years they produce a lot of the Saturday Night Live actors, 
And actually, before that, even there's this great photo of Paul Rubens was buddies in college with Katie Seagal and David Hasselhoff. So fancy, like this married with children. Baywatch and Pee Wee's Playhouse, like so trifecta, weird. just like hanging out together. Like the photos of them as like college students together is it's just adorable yeah. and totally appreciate that. Um, so anyway, he's got this character, Pee Wee Herman. They're doing a lot of performances with Pee Wee. Paul Rubens gets a movie deal for the Pee Wee character and he calls up all of his buddies at the groundlings. So like all of these random people popping up are all of his friends from this comedy troupe, including Phil Hartman. May he rest in peace. Yeah, I saw him in the credits. Who wrote the script. Yeah. yeah. When I saw it pop up that he was a screenwriter, I was like, oh, I could kind of recognize his brand of humor in here, for sure. Yeah, no, it's just that very deadpan but ridiculous. Yes. Deadpan but ridiculous humor is all over this. Yeah, and all over so it. That's so Phil Hartman. Then, somehow... Paul Rubens goes and hires a 26-year-old to be the director of this film, and it's Tim Burton, who had freshly left Disney and was considered the young ingenue. And somehow Tim Burton goes to a rock club one night and sees this musician on stage and was like, hey, I'm doing this movie. you got to come do my score. And that was Danny Elfman. So this movie is the first time that pair ever got together to do anything. And neither of them had ever, like Tim Burton had never directed a feature like film before. Danny Elfman had never scored a film before. It was just this big like whim, like, yay, they seem like they get me. Let's do it. And so perfect. It's so crazy. Again, I didn't even realize until the credits. So when you hear that Danny Elfman music playing and you just have like white titles over a black screen, I was like, Oh, this is a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> oh, you're so you're you're more of a film aficionado than me. Although it explains the lasting fear of large Marge in a way. Like only oh in God, a Tim yes. Burton movie could that just like loom down in the decades of something that's iconic in a weird way. But is this yeah. so wait, we have done a Tim Burton film before. We did Edward Scissor We did Edward Scissor Hands. Is that the only yes. one we've done? I think it is. We did talk a bit during our Adams family episode about the Wednesday television show. Um, And apparently, I never noticed this with Wednesday, but there's a scene where one of the characters gets driven to the school by a female truck driver dressed in the same red flannel as Large Marge. Oh, she doesn't do the face thing. But I noticed that. I noticed that. I was noticed. (laughs) The first time I watched this, I was like, holy fucking shit. Why do I know this? Why am I terrified? And And then I only saw online later. And I was like, oh, my God. That would be so funny if their character was like, thanks, Marge. Oh, my God. Waved and walked away from it. I think I would have, like, run out of my house screaming. (laughs) So good. Oh, and, like, only the adults would have reacted to that. All the kids watching Wednesday would be like, what? I like that a lot of our episodes go back to Wednesday, Adams. All right. Anyway, all of that came to fruition because Paul Rubens hired Tim Burton, who hired Danny Elfman, and here we all are. We got Beetlejuice and Batman, Edward Scissorhands, and The Nightmare Before Christmas, and all sorts of crazy nonsense that came out of this movie. Danny Elfman never would have composed the Simpsons theme song. Insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that Stokesy type of music is very prevalent in this movie. Pee-wee went on to become such a huge success that he got his TV show and then abruptly canceled in 1990. <laughs> his adult indiscretion. What did he do? He like jerked off in a movie theater. 
I don't remember. You did. And it was an adult theater. And I remember even as like a kid when that broke, because it was such a scandal. Yeah, I remember But that. I remember childhood me thinking like, well, it didn't like hurt anybody. Oh my God. I thought the same thing. Like, yeah. he didn't assault anybody. Like he was, you know, I know this is kind of gross. Yeah. We're getting in gross territory, but. Yeah. No, I think we need to talk about it though, because it's sort of a reason I mean, Pee-wee went away. We've talked about way. actors who have then gone on to be like pedophiles and things that, you know, so in some ways it's yeah. like, what? Okay, this happened. I, I, it doesn't tarnish my view of him. Yeah, he had to stop being Pee Wee. I've seen him talk on uh, late night shows about this that he realized after he got arrested, like he could never do Pee Wee again because he's like, we can't have that character in the same headline with arrested for sexual misconduct. Like that, this is a kid's character and you cannot make a full sentence out of that and have that be a successful children's performer. So he just stopped doing it at that point. Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's gross, but it, yeah, I guess by today's standards in a weird way, it feels tame. It does. And I think the shock of it was like a children's performer, like you have to break the fourth wall and be like, wait, there is like a 38 year old playing this childish figure and it's in a that slightly creepy character. I mean, it, it, so if there's an element, we'll get in into that. that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get into that. I could see why. Yeah. So let's uh, dive on in. We're going to talk about this. We usually go character by character and occasionally we go chronologically. And in this case, because he's meeting everyone along the way, I feel like character by character is chronological. So mm. like, that's a very easy way to review it for us. I'll just say, I think that's a good way to review it because I mean, this whole movie revolves around him. Going chronologically makes sense in this just ridiculous plot that I outlined of just dream sequence nuts balls things. All right. It starts with the shot of cyclists riding through the countryside. We quickly learn it's the Tour de France, and suddenly Pee Wee comes up on his bike. No helmet. And I'm going to keep saying no helmet. Really comes up later. But then you hear this like alarm sound, and all the people just like disperse and leave Pee Wee standing there by himself. And it's just a dream. Our first first dream sequence. Yeah. And I actually think this is a really misleading opening to this movie because it's not zany it's not even that weird this isn't weird enough for me for the opening of this movie yeah. it's a completely different tone it is a different tone i actually had no memory of the scene whatsoever and i and i was no it's forgettable it's forgettable but i think it's also one of those things where like you know you're sitting on the couch with your siblings and the, oh, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go get snacks. And But you're just playing the movie. You know what I mean? So it's a settle in, the movie starting. Yeah. It just feels very out of place for this. Yeah. But the alarm goes off and we see Pee Wee wake up and he's in his bedroom. And holy shit, it's bonkers. Bonkers. Like, he lives in the Marie Kondo nightmare bedroom. <laughs> there is oh so God. much shit all over the place. Oh, my God. And, initially like i was watching it and cringing like oh my god like there's just stuff everywhere and like and it's all creepy the ceiling and it's on the walls and the wallpaper's really loud and like he's got a window shade pull for a bed like duvet that he can just pull up and it zips right down to the bottom of the bedroom it's together. like flooding the zone. good luck yeah oh my 
God, the first thing I write down here was like, does not spark joy because I'm a huge fan of the life changing magic of tidying up. You love a cleaning sequence. We know that. I do love a cleaning montage. But I actually crossed that out because I realized the second he starts moving around, he's interacting with all of this stuff. And it's like, actually, all of this sparks joy for him. It looks like complete chaos to us. Like he's got toys on the floor and he's like crouching on the floor and he's playing with them and he's slowly working his way across the room and he's got like bunny slippers that have their own like fake carrots that they're eating and like he's just jumping from one thing to the next thing but all of it's sparking joy for him they just should have started the movie here because you're looking at it and you're like what the fuck through this whole sequence of him playing with all this stuff there there is like a low level creep vibe because it's like he is a clearly a grown man playing with trucks. He's 33 years old. Yeah. And it's like there's there's this low level creep. I mean, I kept thinking his bedroom was creepy as fuck. There were clowns. There's dolls that look like Chucky. It's all creepy. And then you get into him playing with the toys as an adult. And it's I was like, I'm getting creep vibes like everywhere. But that being said, I, I mentioned earlier, I didn't watch with my kids. But I can imagine my six-year-old son being like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen on film. Like, he would love this and not not be creeped out by it. He is really good at being this character, and it seems so heartfelt. But if this person was your neighbor, you would be, like, checking the criminal records to see, like, oh should God. he have self-reported to my, like, front door here? Yeah, yeah, totally. But somehow we're in a safe space because we're in this movie. But, like, if this were a real person, nah, Like, you're not allowed to play with my kids. There's something off here. It's a, it lands really weird for an adult um, that, you yeah. know, obviously went over our heads as kids. Like, you love it as a kid. That struck me, too, because it was just like, why do I still find this okay, even though, like, part of my brain so clearly has yeah. flags up? I realized he's what child me thought the best case scenario for adulthood would be. Like, he doesn't have any specific job. Awesome. Right. I, I did wonder, is he a trust fund baby? What's going on? But anyway. Well, I think he's just, he's a kid's version of what the perfect adult is. Like the way a kid would be like, when I grow up and I don't have a bedtime and I don't have to listen to anyone, I'm just going to load my room full of toys and I'm going to have all the fun all the time. That's what Pee Wee Herman is. Yeah. And and, in a weird way though, it lands creepy though. I don't want to live next door to Pee Wee. I don't want him playing with the neighborhood kids. Yeah. I mean, I think of other characters in perpetual, like Willy Wonka, for example, does not really read that creepy maybe it's because it's like t- it's like the 70s so it's like all has the an old S&P. one doesn't have you seen oh. the tim burton version oh. with the johnny doubt that one that has pedophile that written all creepy. over it but yeah. <laughs> that one's weird but no yeah. the old one like the 19 the one from the, the 70s one. yeah like, there's a low level of creep here the one fun thing is like you know you have the rube goldbergs are all over the place like oh they're so know, cool the breakfast and yeah how he makes his toast which it's all the rube goldbergs and and then, but there's like a weird scene where he's like taping his face. He's using like scotch tape to like tape his face into a pig and all this funny stuff. And I know that I thought that was funny as a kid. And I know that my, you know, not my 11 year old, but my six year old would find that funny now. But I kept thinking like, yeah. you're sort of, you look like a serial killer now. Like, I don't know. It just, there's, there's <laughs> some creep in here. He does. But as a kid, we were like, oh, chaos. There's pancakes on the ceiling and he's got a right. fish tank window. And yay. yay. Like, it yeah. just seems like a lot of crazy fun going on in the house. 
I also love that I really think there was no reason for this to be in there other than it's just funny. He has Mr. T breakfast cereal. <laughs> I know. And not only does he pour it all over his pancakes, but then he's like doing a Mr. T impression. And that's just like so 80s on 80s on oh 80s. My God. I love it. I love that. So Peewee goes through his whole routine. His fireman's pole is like taping his face and his weird dogs i mean the dog's kind of cute actually but nothing, nothing um, wrong with the dog yeah so he's going out he goes through the elaborate routine of getting his bike out of the most elaborately secured hedge ever seen <laughs> and i mean it's still all fun it's more of the rube goldberg machine stuff yeah. but he immediately runs into his neighbor francis who is the bad guy in this movie he has another completely fully grown man-child nemesis who acts as stupidly as he does. And we meet Francis. He's a spoiled brat. He is just this chubby, rich kid uh, who's probably also 33 years old who acts like a nine-year-old and keeps saying, my daddy told me to buy this. And I genuinely thought that this is what Donald Trump's like early 20s was like was just strolling around the neighborhood trying to like buy bicycles off I mean, of people and then whining about it it's possibly accurate what i think is funny is that actor uh has a bit part in a league of their own where oh yeah he's the grown-up like oh well he's the annoying kid yes so there's that <laughs> annoying toddler Stillwell, throughout the whole movie and then you get to the end oh, no. and then Stillwell's all grown up and he's this guy and i think that that's yeah. kind of funny there's like an annoying kind of kid through line there god this poor actor. So this is Mark Holton playing Francis and like his whole career, he's just been typecast as like man child. Yeah. And you get a low level creep vibe from him too. I mean, Oh, he's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So- he makes Pee Wee look like the, yeah. Look like the respectable, I don't want to say grown up, but like the respectable person here. He's such a brat. Such a brat. He's kind of weird. Uh, he lives in a mansion. His bathtub is like a, pool there's something about the overgrown bathtub and the way that his dad infant like treats him like a baby that like has such a low-level creep vibe that you know so there's that i will say at this point in the movie peewee like flips and and falls off his bike and he gets up and he's like i meant to do that and i was like oh my god like that's such an iconic line i think my brother and i said that to each other all the time we might still say that to each other i meant to do that there's so many 80s catchphrases that come out of this movie yeah i meant to do that and then going into the scene with francis that iconic i know you are but what am i oh yeah i know you are but what am i i know you are but what am i and they say it like 50 times i think every kid in the 80s was like yes i have the perfect comeback for everything that ever gets said to me my entire childhood we are done here and it just oh that got old quickly i don't know if you remember people yelling that in the neighborhood oh yeah kids around us were constantly oh oh yeah it didn't even make sense i forgot it was from this movie and even i meant to do that i was like oh my god that's from this movie of course it's from this interaction so i enjoyed seeing the iconic lines origin i will say at this point in the movie i was like we're 10 minutes in and what the fuck is going on here it was so weird to have this like overgrown man child then meet his nemesis who's an overgrown man child and i and i remember this from watching it but just with adult eyes now i'm like what's going on here it's so weird it definitely struck me like what world 
are there two of these people? Like two <laughs> sides of the opposite sides of the same coin, but we're all like very immature arrested development going on here. Yeah. And I was also wondering at this point, is he just like a trust fund baby? Are these basically two trust fund babies, Francis and Pee Wee, just being going head to head? I accepted this as a kid and did nothing wrong. I did me. too. It was just Pee Wee's like the perfect adult. Yeah. Life. He doesn't have a job and he has all this Sounds stuff. perfect and, to me. Wow. <laughs> How awesome is that? And he's got Mr. T cereal. Great. Great. Yeah. And yeah, like didn't question the fact that all of his Rube Goldberg machines cost something and <laughs> that the fireman's pole that has been drilled from his bedroom down to the kitchen costs something. I do remember thinking that was like the coolest thing ever though when I was a kid. Yeah. So and when he goes through it, he changes from his pajamas into his suit. Yeah, like, it's amazing. He didn't even have to get dressed. I want one he just of went down the fireman pole. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. I want the fish tank window and I want the Mr. T cereal. What am I doing wrong? I don't know. What have we done with our lives? Let's be, let's oh, just be uh, creepy people uh, pretending to be kids. <laughs> we grew the fuck up. <laughs> so Pee Wee takes his fancy bike and he goes into town where there is a Woolworths, mm-hmm. which was still a thing in the 80s and That's even right. in the 90s. Yeah. May, may that store rest in peace. <laughs> and then he goes to the bike store, Chuck's Bike Shop, and he's picking up his new bike horn. And here we meet Dottie, who is kind of his romantic interest but he has absolutely no interest in her she's permanently friend zoned permanently friend zoned i found that really funny because throughout the movie you know she attempts to get out of the friend zone and unsuccessful and peewee is just oblivious but kind of not oblivious and it's so funny to me that the constant dynamic of him just like totally ignoring her advances is funny and i don't remember that for as a kid like that went over my head as a kid she's like gently nudging him to like try to do something a little more like grown up it's like a junior high school relationship where the girls are all a little more mature and they're like will you dance with me and the boys are like ew girls like that's what's going on oh that's such a good way to put it yeah, she's not doing anything threatening. She's not pushing him very hard, but she's just kind of like, hey, do you want to go to the drive-in? And he's like, Bleh, no, like over and over again. Like, <laughs> I think he literally has that reaction. Like, he's like a yeah. visceral, like, ew, girl. <laughs> yeah, no, she's on the receiving end of so much immaturity, but she's like very tolerant of it. Yeah, I thought she was very funny. She was a good side character. Yeah, yeah. And she- she's a really good helper character in this. Yeah. And at the very end, when she finally like gets to officially go to the drive-in, they do get there. Although they're on their bikes, yeah, Yeah, they're on their bikes. She's got the dogs. She's got Pee Wee's dog Speck, and then she's got this little pink poodle in her basket. And it's like, well, at least the dogs are getting along. Yeah. But her dog is played by this a famous movie dog named Darla who will go on to be much more famous playing Precious in Silence of the Lambs. And I love that there's a connection from Pee-wee's Big Adventure to Silence of the Lambs. In a weird way, it makes sense. Because, you, I mean, as all creepy things do, things are creepy and then they get bloody. I don't know. Like, there's something that makes sense about that. But I, I can't believe that there's, like, a movie dog. Like, it's There's a movie dog. Yeah, no, 
the movie dog was in i think batman returns as well like a tim burton movie another tim oh my god like just the idea of casting dogs is funny i think this dog has like a hollywood star like (laughs) this is a very famous movie dog oh my god yeah precious from silence of the lambs dotty's little pink poodle definite creepy connection here (laughs) So Kiwi goes, we meet Dottie at the bike store. And as he's leaving the bike store, he goes back outside with his new horn and oh, the bike is gone. No. Yeah. So Kiwi has a huge meltdown and you get like a foreshadowing. He stumbles back into the bike shop and knocks over the whole row of bikes, which at the time you're just like, oh, he's being dramatic. But like when he does it with the motorcycles later, you're like, aha. I know when he did it with the motorcycles, I was like, run, Pee-wee, run. <laughs> Just get out of there. Get out of there. But yeah, so like Dottie's trying to help him. The police are trying to help him. Nobody can help him get his bike back. It's missing from where he overchained it up. And then I actually laughed really hard at this bit. He's like very forlorn sitting on a bench and everybody's riding oh, I thought a this bike was happily. It, it was like overdone, <laughs> but funny. And it's silly. Every it's bike so imaginable silly. comes by. There's a tandem. Yeah, there's, there's a motorbike. There's a unicycle. Toddler bikes, a unicycle. Remote control bicycles. Like just all sorts of nonsense, but yeah. just rubbing it in really, really hard. And I, I did laugh at that. It was just like, what is this? I do remember that as a kid. And you kind of think about, you know, this movie is clearly made for younger kids and it emphasizes yeah. the point. Something yeah. that was funny. That feels like Phil Hartman wrote that. that yes, because it's well. like, just like, yeah, let's just do it to death. Right, do it to death. And there's no dialogue in that scene, but in a weird way, the whole scene is deadpan, right? The whole scene yeah. is just sort of a, has a deadpan just feel. Silently, he's just like glaring and like so sad and frustrated, and everybody going by is just so over the top happy on their weird bicycle. On oh, their weird bicycle. Yeah, and the fact that all the bikes are weird. Like there's like old timey ones from the turn of the century, like a big front wheel and a tiny back wheel. Yeah, just oh, it's, it's so silly. funny. Yeah, but Pee Wee sees a fortune teller sign lit up in neon in the back alley, which is weird, and... as all the good fortune tellers do. <laughs> but she pulls the usual suspects on him. She is reading his fortune about where the bike is supposed to be, and she looks at the brick wall across the street from her and. Is kind of vaguely the word spells out alamo so she's like the bike's at the alamo and he's like what and the sign next to it is like basement bargain sale or something and she's like it's in the basement of the alamo so she's like piecing it together here's my question does every single client who goes to her get the it's in the basement of the alamo forecast that sign couldn't switch out all the time but, no, it's painted on brick. Yeah, I, you know what's so funny about this is that I think I watched this when I was so young that I'm not even sure I was reading. So I never understood that she was pulling a usual suspects on him with like yeah, just looking just, at what's just behind reading it. reading off the wall. Yeah. yeah, so it was kind of funny to see that as I an didn't adult. notice that as a kid either. This was the first time where I felt like in the movie and where there was some adult humor in there because like because because she is clearly such a con man i mean she's clearly like totally ridiculous she's practically little john from robin hood here i mean you know stealing his wallet and doing all these things so that i felt like was the first time that i kind of chuckled because i felt like there was something in it for an adult to find funny yeah yeah so he's determined to get to the alamo to the basement and he goes hitchhiking because he's a child and he doesn't have a car and he can't drive. Yeah. So he's out there with an old, like, 
old-fashioned style hobo bag on a stick. And it's like the hobo dat bag has like polka dots on it. I mean, it's like ridiculous. It does. Yeah. No, it's like, let's run away in the most 1930s style possible. Finally, the car stops and he gets picked up by Mickey. I really like this character, Mickey. He starts telling the story because Pee-wee sees that there's like broken handcuffs on him and goes, what did you do? And he starts telling a story about, like, he got really angry and he took a knife and Pee-wee reacts scared. And he realizes Pee-wee's scared. And so he just goes, and you know that do not remove tag on the mattress? I cut it off. (laughs) And as a kid, that really stuck with me is like, oh, my God, those tags. You better not remove it, Amanda. You can get arrested for that. And like, oh, that's what he did. And that's super scary that, like, that's such a big penalty for cutting a tag off a mattress. Like, went over my head completely yeah as a kid and like now as an adult i'm like oh yeah no he totally like stabbed somebody and it just like changed the story <laughs> but it's a really funny thing to highlight as a crime stupid crime it's such a stupid crime yeah i mean my notes were pretty much like gay 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 i mean this <laughs> never occurred to me so i'm so glad to have your perspective on mickey picking up peewee because now even just saying oh mickey picked up peewee hitchhiking so- it's like Oh, yeah, that does sound a certain way now. that I And they're kind of flirting. Like the whole time Paul Rubens is like, well, what did you do? And he's like kind of making eyes at Mickey and Mickey's trying to act all tough. And it it just it just rung is so gay to me. And like even down to when then Paul Rubens to get past like a, there's a police check. Yeah, there's a traffic stop. They're looking for Mickey and they put on costumes to disguise themselves yeah. and Pee-wee goes in drag to be the wife. Not that because you go in drag, the whole thing's gay, but like he's snuggling up to Mickey and everything about it is very intimate. And it's just, it's very funny. Yes. Although like, Pee-wee flirting with the cop is also very it funny. It is really funny, but like, that's what makes it even more like, gay. It's, yeah, he's flirting with the cop. And it, it, one weird thing is the cop like has him get out of the car and like twirl around, just, like look at like, his give ass. Him, give him a twirl, just checking you out. Oh my God, Yay. the whole thing. And even when <laughs> so Mickey kind of gives that same line back to Pee-wee, like, you don't want to get involved with me. I'm no good. I forget what he says. I'm a rebel. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Like, when Pee-wee's trying to push Dottie off, there's that, there's a very famous line, like, you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. And obviously that makes no No sense sense. because Pee-wee is not tough at all. But Mickey feeds him the exact same line. And even Pee-wee's like, oh, huh. But he feeds him a line in a way, to me, an acknowledgement of... (laughs) of their gay flirting like the whole thing was like very funny okay so i read to me is is very gay when they get to the end peewee is going around giving things to everybody at the very end of the movie and he slips mickey what it's like a foot-long hot dog with a file in it and there's something a little sexual about that moment too which that part i caught but like i did not catch the like car ride being a little bit of a like, it was very ooh. flirty it was it was over the top flirty it, unlike in hook that we talked about where the where yeah, you know, justin the actors did that intentionally yeah and like they actually intentionally tried to play it that way i don't think that's what's going on here but it just read as gay to me i don't know what their like acting history was together but i feel like they already had like a chemistry together <laughs> like you don't feel threatened by mickey no. even though he clearly like 
he killed somebody. He totally yeah, killed. Somebody. He killed someone, and then he was going to pick up a trick on his way to escape. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what was happening here. But yeah, <laughs> and he picks up Phoebe Herman by accident. He didn't just cut the tie. <laughs> Oh, no, wait. No, that's a very serious defense, Amanda. You don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail for that. Oh, my God. All right. We're getting to uh, we're getting to the trauma of this movie right now. Getting to the Gartham. And here comes the scene oh. that we've all been dreading. <laughs> I think we would have watched this movie a lot more as a kid if this one scene hadn't been in it. But it wouldn't have been as memorable and oh god no yeah i mean granted i like i was saying i watched it by myself i wasn't feeling well and i think i was taking notes and i just wrote oh no it's large march time oh no large (laughs) march no thanks for stopping (laughs) some night huh on this very night, ten years ago, along this same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck. It looked like this. (laughs) Yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. I get off right up here. Have a nice day. <laughs> Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> so I was, so just like I was saying, for like a dark crystal, you could hear kind of the music and you see the shadow of the Gartham and I'm like terrified in a visceral way, even watching it as an adult in the same way, because I think it was probably the same age watching this i was like oh no she's telling the story oh no and then like you know obviously she turns to the camera when she said just like this and her face goes crazy and her eyes pop out of her head and and peewee screams and she screams it's like a whole thing and i will say watching as an adult now i had that same kind of like oh no but i know me too but i was a little afraid to watch this whole movie this whole movie i was like putting it off partly because of this but it didn't it didn't have the same effect to me as an adult. I mean, which is very obvious. No, it's obvious. so silly and stupid and it's like just stop motion animation. But like, I'm still a little bit like, I have apprehension going into that scene where she starts telling the story. Yeah, it's like, she's in the movie for what, a minute? And it's, that's all I could think about for this movie. Yeah. And when I think about it 30 Such years later. Impact. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the amount of screen time to the amount of brain space she took up in my childhood, like fear zone, yeah. like in my head. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God, large bridges out there. That said, like when I retire and hopefully look a little more haggard, I want to take a job as an Uber driver and just randomly pick people up and just go right into <laughs> And just tell this story. Uh, this 
very night and they'd be like, Jesus, we're just trying to get home from the purple shamrock. What the fuck, lady? <laughs> Along the same stretch of road. A bunch of drunk college kids. Like, ah! I do think part of the fear, and, and I remember this as a kid too, like when you realize, when Pee Wee Herman gets to his destination, like a roadstop restaurant, and he says, Large Marge sent me, and it becomes apparent that she's a ghost. When they put the music back on yeah. again, and the other guy at the the old guy at the bar is like, on oh, this very night, and it's like, oh, oh shit, no, yeah. <laughs> I know. And the fact that it comes around to like everyone at this pit stop knows about it, and she's the ghost, and he just rode with a ghost. That in and of itself was just as scary to me as a kid. You know, yeah. like just the idea that you can get in a truck with a ghost is like terrifying. <laughs> oh my god everything about this scene was just so scary i mean we couldn't go watch movies at grandma's house because my sister <laughs> yeah. was too scared after this movie. i think the gag still works because the brevity here is good i mean if you i made that longer it wouldn't it would have lost yeah. the interest of a young child you're watching this as an adult with like modern special effects and all the horror movies we've seen in between you're just I was laughing so hard, like, oh my God, that was nothing. Like, yeah, she sort of looked scary. Like that's so stupid. Yeah. It's, yeah. So this, it's stop motion animated over her face, which that's the technology they had at the time. But it's done by the Chiodo brothers, who are like super famous for doing all these other special effects movies, including, yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They did Critters, so solid 80s resume there. But then they went on, they did Team America, World Police, with the okay. South Park guys. And uh, they recently did Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Oh, I think they're still okay. going strong. But yeah, they did Large Marge's face. So they had a huge impact on us. There's something like weirdly comforting that where stop motion animation is still and probably more scary than <clears throat> than cgi special effects i mean yeah i mean i this, this is all i thought about for 30 years if you said pv herman is that face of large marge and i was surprised as an adult how quickly the scene comes and goes like if you would ask me yeah. how much screen time this takes i'm like i would be like i don't know it's half the movie i mean <laughs> oh yeah it felt like it was the biggest thing in the movie she's only on screen for about 30 seconds large marge is played by alice nunn who did a ton of things and when she died her obituary was like ah she was large march and like wrote <laughs> off everything else she did yeah. it was so huge it's impactful yeah you should call uber i'm gonna come oh pick God. you up and read you i bet you speech. could even advertise yourself as a large marge uber yeah i'm just gonna put myself in as marge oh my god <laughs> just just put it in as marge can you, you are imagine? riding with marge and you would like wear the same outfit and like you would yeah, just oh my god! Oh man, I need a truck. I need a truck. I can't go doing this in like an SUV or like a Prius or something like that. Like that doesn't have the same intimidation factor. It's got to be a truck. Got to be a truck. I mean, at least a pickup truck. I someone has to do this idea because yeah. that would be so funny. If someone did that to me, and You're- if I was by myself, I'd be like, oh my god, stop the car. <laughs> Get me the fuck out of here. I could even start it via text, like, you know, when like the person hasn't come out to the curbside yet and you start getting texts from the driver yeah. on this very night. <laughs> oh Ten years ago. Same stretch of road. But just even starting to tell the story, some like it would be like vaguely familiar to someone and then they'd be like, Oh shit. Large Marge is my Uber Oh driver. my god. It would be a viral sensation. Be like all five and all one stars. I know. Nothing in the middle. Nothing. Oh my God. So yes, he 
gets dropped off very politely by Large Marge, although she's got quite a cackle, but freaks out everyone in the diner. Although they get over it pretty quickly and they're all just sitting there eating like in the next shot. So he befriends Simone, the waitress. And I like that she could just casually at the end of their conversation is like, you want to go watch the sunrise from a dinosaur? And he's like, yeah, okay. Like that's a thing. (laughs) Diner has all these weird life-size dinosaurs that you can apparently get inside. So they like go up there to watch the sunrise. Like that's a normal thing. Yeah, I thought that was funny. For Simone, my only thing was like, girl, you could do better. I mean. Oh, God, yeah. And like, she has this conversation with Pee Wee in the mouth of a dinosaur, (laughs) as you do. They're both talking about their dreams. That's probably the only adult joke in the film. She's saying, oh, I want to go butt. And then he's like, what's your big butt? I actually thought that line was so funny because he, in, in the dialogue, Pee Wee said, you know, everyone, they when they talk about their dreams, there's always a butt. So what's your, like, tell me about your big butt, Simone. And just the double meaning there was very funny to me. Yeah. And I thought. And the boyfriends listening. Yeah. And I thought that was a good adult humor. Probably the best of the best you're going to get in the movie here. And he dives onto a boxcar of a nearby train and off he goes. And we get our second dream sequence. I hate dream sequences, but this one's all like. Tim Burton creepy stop motion animation. He's having a fever dream about the bike getting destroyed by clowns, I think. There's always clowns in these dream sequences. It's so creepy. Who dreams about clowns that much? Pee Wee Herman. I don't know. When you're not a fully formed adult. Pee Wee wakes up from his fever dream. He's in a boxcar and there's a random hobo hanging out with him. Again, (laughs) here you have, um, you have like some fun kind of a, a humor for adults because the you know he's the hobo starts singing and at first they're like kind of drunk singing on the train it's very grapes of wrath i don't know um, and peewee's like yeah let's sing yay and like they just keep going and, and going. going and this and is also going. the phil hartman kind of influence of the in the script because clearly it gets old and stale and i found it funny that even for peewee he was like oh my god this hobo wants to keep singing to the point where basically peewee just throws himself off the train because he doesn't want to sing anymore yeah and i thought that was kind of funny yeah, Pee Wee gets out annoyed by the hobo. <laughs> I think like, Pee Wee gets out annoyed. The hobo is, oh my god! Yeah, the hobo sings him off the train. He can't take <laughs> it anymore. Like, he I flings mean, himself off. I will say at this point in the movie too, I was like, oh, this movie is just dumber than I remember. <laughs> it's dumber, but yeah, that does totally feel like a Phil Hartman bit. Yeah, where it does <laughs> Pee Wee lands right in San Antonio and sees the sign like, "Hey, it's the Alamo! Yay!" Yeah, and buys a tour ticket. Now we're gonna go to the Alamo and find the basement and find the bicycle. The only way to get in is to take the tour, which is led by Tina, who is played by a very, very perky Jan Hooks from the Groundlings, who she and Phil Hartman later went on to SNL together. And she's, I think, perfectly, hilariously annoying as the tour guide. She just drones on and on and on and is giving pointless information. And I, I think that whole bit was funny. Oh my God, I thought this was funny and relatable. And and she yeah she was perfectly perky and annoying and it's like that perkiness that's almost like aggressive like nope yeah like, questions are at the end and she's smiling and chewing gum but she's just like and I'll cut you <laughs> you know like there's like a yeah. little bit of like aggression there that's really funny yeah and I think that this is something that kids would find funny too because they would recognize that they have to get dragged to boring things all the time oh every school trip could have been like yeah this. So, and, uh, so I thought this was kind of funny and the bit was just long enough 
that you get the point yeah. and you can see Pee-wee's character, like he's just getting less and less patient because he just wants to see the basement, which we know doesn't exist. But the whole, it, it was very funny. I appreciated this. They cut away from her instead of making us sit through the whole tour. Thank God. God. But yeah, she's got lines like, there's thousands and thousands of uses for corn, all of which I'll tell you about right now. And then you just <laughs> see like, Pee-wee oh, like God. roll his eyes like, stop. No. I don't want to know Take about Take me the back corn. to Large Marge. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, we're on concussion number one. I'm going to start the concussion count at this point. So Pee-wee gets a very severe concussion from bull riding and they wake him up like, do you remember your name? And he's like, no. Do you remember where you are? And he just goes, I remember the Alamo. And all these guys throw their cowboy hats in the air. Like, like, he's okay. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't get it. I will say I didn't. I mean, I guess at some point I learned what the Alamo was, but yeah, I think that went over my head as a kid because yeah. it wasn't clear. But that it's kind I, of funny that... now. I, I actually thought that was pretty yeah. funny. And when he comes out in his cowboy chaps to ride the bull, I mean, these aren't just cowboy chaps. These are like cowboy chaps for like an 800 pound man. And it's like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, cause they're huge on him. Like you can fit an entire person in each chap and just the, the satire of cowboy and what he's wearing is very yeah. funny. And I remember thinking it was funny when I was a kid, too. So Yeah, no, it's super cartoony. It's, like, it is. This is where you get into the Looney Tunes situation. Where, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think they're, they're just having fun. They're not hating on Texas, but they're kind of gently mocking gently it a little mocking bit. mocking it in a good way. You know, but, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so then Pee Wee wanders into this biker bar. And uh, what are they calling themselves? The Satan's Satan helpers. helpers. It's not yeah. the Hell's Angels. Yeah. Which, yeah, okay, that's cute. But he is yelling at them because they're being too loud. And he's trying to use the phone. I'm <laughs> trying like, to what? use the phone. Yeah. Ooh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Hey. And now I want to punch myself in the face. So this whole scene is like... It's iconic. It's still funny. I laughed. He yells at the bikers. They kick him out. He goes outside and knocks over all of their motorcycles yeah, like dominoes. And, and then it's like, oops, there's nowhere to run. And he has a concussion, although we're not acknowledging this. So he gets dragged back into the bar and they're like coming up with all kinds of ways to kill him. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this and that. And like he lying on the table is like, oh, I think we should let her go. And they're like, no. I used to have a coworker who would do that line <laughs> periodically in the middle of like a really big meeting. Like when everybody was just like, yeah, like that's out of scope. We're not going to be able to fit that in this sprint. A few of us got it and would just be like, oh my God, I'm dying. That's really He's good. doing a Pee Wee Herman impression in the middle of our business meeting. But okay, great. But then out of nowhere, Pops, Biker Mama grabs him by the collar. And this is as sexual as this movie gets and still is not sexual. Yeah. Like nobody in this bar is actually drinking alcohol and nobody's actually doing anything violent, but there are biker gangs. It all just like, read to me as like there are, there are an entire bar full of like sneeze from Hook. Like they're just sort of like they're tough. They're tough looking, but not yeah, really. Not really. Yeah. yeah. So Biker Mama grabs him, and this is another Groundlings cameo. This is Cassandra Peterson, aka Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Looks nothing I like did Elvira. Not know that until I saw other than the boobs. Video. The boobs. Yeah, the boobs look like Elvira. <laughs> so he begs for a final, like, don't I get a last wish, Pee Wee? 
puts tequila on the jukebox, puts on the giant heels, and we're up on the bar, and he is doing that whole tequila dance that's so iconic. I remember kids at school just doing that, like, all over the place. I mean, it's it's kind of dumb, but it's sort of fun. When you had texted me tequila in full caps, I was like, that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know how iconic that would be to, for kids today, but I... And I would say it went on just like a little bit too long. I'm like, okay, I get it. There's something so weirdly unexpected about it. And there's something almost, it's not quite like Michael Jackson level of dancing, but like he's actually very acrobatic. I mean, if you were in that biker bar watching that and their initial reaction is just them staring and blinking and being like, what the fuck is happening right now? I mean, now? I was a little bit but, doing that at home, but that's okay. Yeah, no, and it like, it does grow on you. It's just so bizarre and unexpected that you're just like, ah, you know, let him have it. Just let him have it. Like, this is weird. This is friggin' weird. So it's awesome. I still, I love the tequila dance. It's great. It's, it's, it's fun. It's kind of fun. He gets the bikers on side, you know, to find his bike. It's charming. Love these guys in this book. I mean, this is like the one funny thing, because I think that I thought that all biker guys would automatically want to murder anybody who came into their place. Um, especially, God forbid, you knock over a line of their motorcycles. As a kid experience, we went, we happened to be driving across country and we drove past Sturgis when Sturgis was happening. And so, mm. you know, in my head, of course, Pee Wee Herman, like I was thinking like, oh, there's a bunch of Satan helpers in here. But yeah, everybody is essentially... They're all their dads. Like, I don't know. There's, there's like nice yeah. guys that just wear leather. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think if like the whole movie was kind of like the scene, I think it would have resonated more with me as an adult in a weird way. Because like, it, it, it was kind of funny because it's a satire. And, yeah. and even when you're a kid, you pick up on the satire a little bit. If we could have had more of this, I think it would have been a better movie for me now. Yeah. No, of all the people he meets, this is definitely like, the most fun scene like starts with a lot of tension and then just gets so ridiculous and everybody's friends by the yeah. end and that's yeah. it's fun it's a lot of fun so they give him a motorcycle they give him a leather jacket they do not give him a helmet though it's the 80s and it's fine <laughs> it's not fine because he immediately crashes that bike and we have concussion number two and we go into the second fever dream where he's worried about francis is the devil and there's more stop motion animation and the bike is being more slowly clowns. boiled in hell more clowns and more clowns and dream oh my god there are more clowns i, I will, at this point yeah. i was like what is up with the creepy clowns because it's like now the third second third dream sequence with the creepy clowns i was like okay what the fuck was I watching as a kid? Yeah, it's like the killer clowns from Outer Space Clowns just being like repurposed into yeah, this they're, movie. Yeah, they're 100% murdering clowns. And it, it just, I was like, what was I watching as a kid? No wonder why this movie terrified me. It was like clowns yeah. and Marge Marge all over the place. Um, so we get, it's not the final scene in the movie, but this is like the climax. He's got to like run through the Hollywood studios and everything is just crazy and chaotic there too. And he's got to get his bike away from this child actor who's been gifted his bike for the latest movie. I love that there's a cam it's not a cameo it's jason hervey who played the older brother on the wonder yeah, years do you remember yeah him he's so good at being the worst kid ever in everything he played and i didn't appreciate how good he is at this kind of acting until just re-watching it now because they show him switching on and off like when the camera's rolling he's like oh like he's like i can't orphan. take this bike from the yeah. orphanage yeah 
just like so calm the second they yell cut he's like the biggest d-bag and he's a child actor playing a child actor being like the worst person ever yeah yeah no i think he's great at this i he was great on the wonder years too like he's the scariest worst older brother you can possibly have to fred savage he's so good so like kudos to him he's got the bike peewee's trying to steal it but like we're on a hollywood soundstage and like we're in a studio lot and there's just like random elephants and there's people dressed as romans and there's like a tarzan thing and there's like, a beach scene this, it's all it's yeah and this Godzilla second he, shows he, up. yeah he steals the bike and we gotta ride through all of this like yeah you've got like santa's sleigh in tow and you're in a twisted sister music video and like i oh did my like God. the twisted like, sister the twisted sister was funny it was kind of a surprise like oh d snyder okay <laughs> it takes you a second too because you're like oh now they're going to a music video set oh wait that's actually twisted sister like yeah that's a real twisted sister song peewee comes crashing through with the bike and then there's santa claus and there's like godzilla and there's all kinds of crazy shit being attached to this and this is another area where he's got all of his groundlings buddies like hiding around it's all of the people who are going to end up being on peewee's playhouse are all tucked in here as well Lynn Marie Stewart, who goes on to play Miss Yvonne on Pee-wee's Playhouse, but she's playing a nun in one of the scenes. And you got John Paragon. He's like Jamba the Genie, but he was on there playing a guy with a lady's voice. And then there's a woman with a man's voice. and Just all kinds of like shenanigans that you're just like, what is happening in the studio lot? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think, know. Yeah, what kept happening to me is that everything just went on a touch too long, right? It was funny when in like the hobo scene, it was purposely a touch too long. And then Pee Wee throws himself off the train. Cause he's like, if I have to swing, sing one more, like grapes is rest, Diddy, I'm going to like lose it. Yeah. So that's funny, but it's like all the bits just go on like a little bit too long. And so this, by the time I got here, I was like, this whole movie bit is gone on too long. So it just felt like yeah, sort of over the top, but then it was over the top again. Like, it's not enough that they went through a Godzilla scene. They got to go through the beach scene. They got to go through the this. Even though I kind of enjoyed it also, it just all just was like, okay. But I, I yeah. kind of get it from a, a kid watching it. And then this also reminded me of like the last scene of Muppet movie where they're sort of crashing through sets too. I and Yeah, it totally has that. I mind. guess to me, there's also know when to end the bit I guess and and I think that's also for me like a, a weird thing that I either a pet peeve or what I like about a kid's movie is knowing to go in and then out like gravity yeah. so I that's how I felt like at this point it was I get it I get it I think you have a point here because it's he's stolen the bike and it's like all right the stakes are he's got to get out of there with the bike right. and he goes riding through so many different things but the stakes don't change at all so that's true it should be escalating and escalating and escalating and it's just a very level like he's still got the bike and he's got to get out of there but now he's in a different place and he's got to get out of there i i did find amusement i remember liking this as a kid when like for some reason a pet shop goes on fire during this in, in the middle of the sequence then peewee herman like gets off the bike and starts rescuing the pets and he keeps walking past the snake enclosure being like no and then he like rescues like a kitten and then the <laughs> pets just kind of decline he goes from puppies and kitties to like he's rescuing like the mice and he's like basically yeah. trying to rescue anything but the snake avoiding the yeah snakes. and then finally he gets back to the snake enclosure and he's like oh. he like kind of takes a deep breath and he's like i'm gonna do it and he like runs out of the 
the pet store like holding the snakes and then like freaks out and just full out. of snakes and he just like passes out with snakes flung all over the place that is a funny landing for that it whole is, and that see that to me did not go on too long because every time he goes in the pet shop it's like okay, now it's even more on fire. Is he going to get the snakes? Is he going to leave the snakes? But it's funny. I mean, he even comes out with the fish tank. Before <laughs> he, comes he comes out, out with anything with the snakes. And so that part was funny. And I kind of, again, yeah, this cute. is where it's like more of that, please, would be funny. And yeah. I do remember that as from this, when I was a kid, like when I was watching it and I was an adult, I was like, oh, I remember the scene. I remember liking it. So Pee Wee gets caught because he's passed out with snakes <laughs> flung all over the place. And... The studio head is like, oh my God, you caused so much damage. You're in so much trouble. But then people who saw him rescue all the pets are like, no, he's a hero. He saved all the pets. At which point the studio head goes, let's make a movie about all this. <laughs> so now we're getting into the movie within a movie thing like we did with the Muppets. Yeah, go get the rich and famous contract, please. So at this point, it just cuts to the drive-in, which is where Dottie's been trying to go this whole time. But we're at a movie premiere about Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and it's called Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So meta. We see him walking around with a huge thing of snacks, and he's giving it out to everyone he met along the way that he made friends with so we've got his gay friend mickey who's up in the bus he gives a air quote foot long too with a big wink i mean yeah still gay still gay i love i'm gonna rewatch this now and be like oh so much more subtext now (laughs) i'm glad i ruined it but yeah he sees simone is back from paris she's got a friend named pierre and i actually as juvenile as this is i love this line he hands her french fries and he's like they're french and she goes merci and he goes laughed so hard at that and i shouldn't have his biker friends are there and yeah just everybody he met along the way who wasn't a total dick to him is there and he's giving them all weird snacks but then ultimately he goes to sit on his bike with Dottie and he's sitting there watching the movie with Dottie and you see that this movie has been recast into a James Bond style movie and it's James Brolin playing P.W. So Herman. Funny. Great casting. And then Morgan Fairchild is playing Dottie and they've worked, they're like fighting ninjas, but they've worked in all the lines from the movie. So there's the whole like, I'm a rebel. You don't want to be with a guy like me. Yeah. And then like, they absolutely work in the, I know you are, but what am I? know. I? And like, they make it kind of like sexual, which is hilarious. It is kind of funny. Yeah. Pee Wee has a cameo in it. And I did not understand this at all as a kid, but they dub all of the lines that he speaks so like peewee's performance was so bad that they like had someone come in and do like a voiceover after the fact but that now watching as an adult i'm like oh i get what happened here like peewee sucked and they had someone else do his lines ah but as a kid i was super confused like why he doesn't talk like that what's going on here this this ending seemed to me redeem the movie a little bit because it is funny even him just walking around with all the snacks is funny and you re-meeting or being meeting again all the different characters is kind of fun because and it's one of the only times in the movie where they do the bit they go in and out so it's like they meet the character they move on they meet the character they move on and so yeah. I thought this was a fun way to end and the fact yeah. that the movie itself is like somewhat of like a sleazy James Bond kind of take is kind of fun yeah no it's so completely different than what actually we just watched and yeah 
That's fantastic. I don't know if I'd watch this movie they made, but actually I probably would. Like this seems like a Sharknado style. Like, oh, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So Pee-wee's Big Adventure. My one random thought about this movie is there are so many scenes where there's kids on bikes, like gangs of children hanging out on bikes. And yes, that was absolutely a thing in the eighties. And it's absolutely a thing in ET and definitely a thing in stranger yeah. things. But like, this has more kids bike gangs per capita than any other movie God. in the history of film. Like, there's so many kids on bikes so many. and Pee-wee's interacting with all of them. Cause he's on his bike, but he's also a man child. And it's like, uh, should you be like, 200 feet away from that probably should sure you be registered here. somewhere probably yeah at this point even though that final scene redeemed itself i was kind of happy it was over i and i was sad about that fact i think i'd rather spend a day in barter town from mad max than watch this movie again because i was like this was just, oh it just didn't land with me as an adult that is my random oh because you hated barter town <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's too strong but i think maybe because i wasn't feeling well watching this but i was just like oh i'm really glad it's over i was just like i'm like are they gonna do another scene please no i'm done i really want to punch him in the face all right we always talk about like the bad things the good things before we give our final score what was cringy what sucked the most for you with this well it's sort of supposed to be cringy so i get it that piece Watching it again, I think what I was sad is that if you've ever had the experience of going back to either a place or with people that you knew when you were younger, but you're older now, and you go back there like an old haunt of yours in high school or anything like that, and it's just not the same. I mean, some of the people in the place are the same, but you've changed because you've grown up and there's something kind of like a little sad about that. That's oh, that's no. how I felt watching <laughs> this movie because I felt like... I've now grown up, you know, obviously, and the movie hasn't. There wasn't enough there for me now as an adult to make this a fun ride. So it felt like a little sad to me. That was my um, thing that was cringy. The whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I read the Siskel and Ebert reviews of this movie, and they split very hard on this. And I feel like we're going in that direction. Roger Ebert called this like a guilty pleasure. Like okay. he's just like this movie is bonkers, but like I kind of like to watch it occasionally. Like it's nicely done, but like ridiculous. Gene Siskel is like, no, this character is so annoying. I can't stand this much screen time with him. Like if this were a thirty-minute TV episode, maybe I could stomach it, but like I can't take it by the end of this movie. And I feel like you're landing on the Gene Siskel side. I think I am. Yeah. I loved it as a kid, a hundred percent. I just it just didn't land with me now as an adult. I really yeah. wanted to punch him. I do feel watching this as an adult and like. Coming at it with the nostalgia, especially since Paul Rubens just passed away, there's definitely a little bit of cringe around just the concept of this character and Francis, the other man child yeah. in this. Little that, little creep. Like there we've done a lot of world building here and we're in this space in this movie that these two exist and they're battling each other and like it's fine for this movie but in the real world both of these characters give me such like michael jackson creeper vibes that you gotta get really out of like normal 
time and space and go into this world for this to work. And this would not work in real life. So that I'm putting that in my cringe factor. Cause just as an adult, it's running through my head. Like, I don't want to meet this person for real. It's funny to watch him throw pancakes on the ceiling in this movie, but like, I don't want him as my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> and even like, you know, I get the shtick. It's just so pronounced watching it as an adult. There's something so weird about an adult that does not leave the child state that I, it was hard to like get past that. I feel like we've seen this go wrong too many times in the real world <laughs> that like, as kids, we were like, this is the perfect adulthood. Look at Pee Wee Go. But like as adults, we're like, oh, I've seen this go wrong. This yeah. This is not what I want to be hanging out I, but I will uh, say that I think his character, and again, I didn't watch it with my kids, but I do think it would resonate with younger kids. So we did the cringy. What was fun or good or even dare I say great about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I mean, I do recognize his comedic talent and there are lines here and there when he's like, tell me about your big butt, Simone, or, you know, other lines that are very funny. <laughs> so I get that. And it's an iconic character for generation, but I think it's kind of best left in the time capsule. Oh, yeah. all Sorry. right. I have more positive things yeah. to say than you do. <laughs> Since you had no positive That's my positive thing. I'm <laughs> the worst. I'm so, very glass half This is not right revenge there. for overboard or no, babies no, in no, love, no. I promise. No. No, I watching this, I still got caught off guard and laughed at a I bunch of too. things that I wasn't expecting, which that I love that. Like I was genuinely surprised a bunch of times. And just overall with this movie, I like that Huey is going out into the world and meeting all different types of people and they seem scary or they seem nuts and that the more he interacts with them that for the most part they're actually decent people who just you know he didn't have the right impression of or you know he's just like giving everyone a shot and most of them end up being his friends I feel like when you go traveling or just like get out of your comfort zone that the world ends up being kind of like that most people are good a couple of them aren't for the most part people are good and i feel like that is coming across in this movie for me go watch the sunrise from a dinosaur mouth like good times all right jess with everything we've said let's go to ratings does this live up to let's us to as adults and i've read your notes and i've heard everything you said so i have a strong feeling about this <laughs> but Indulge us. I will indulge. I'll just, just remind folks who are new to us. So we will rate from one to 10, one being garbage, 10 being Princess Bride. We'll rate it as adults and we'll rate it for the intended audience for kids. So first one, I guess, adult. So, I mean, even though I said I wanted to punch him in the face, I didn't hate it. Like I didn't have like a visceral, oh my God, I hate this. And I think nostalgia kind of helped me here. So I did give it a four. So I wanted to go higher than reindeer. <laughs> so that's a low I, you know, bar, I, but all right. It's a low bar. <laughs> I gave it a four because I think there's there's some good nostalgia. There's some lines that did surprise me that were fun, but I definitely also found it creepy and I wanted to punch him. So I, I couldn't okay. go more than halfway. So I gave him a four. All right. For my adult rating, I honestly laughed a bunch of times at this and I think like yeah 
Don't let my Debbie Downer influence I'm you. I'm not. This Pee Wee has such a weird world built around him, and it's just like escapism. All the subtle callbacks that keep happening in this movie, and I think it's fun. It made me laugh as an adult, so I'm going to give this a six. A six. Okay, we're not too far apart, so a ten. I think that's fair. So second rating now. So again, same scale, one being garbage, 10 being Princess Bride. Does it live up to the intended audience? Which there's some adult humor in here, but I think this is younger kids. Yes. I think this is perfect for like your five to eight year olds. Oh yeah. And I do think my son would have, my son who's six would have liked it. So I'm more harsh in this category, but I gave it a four again. And I, I know, oof. You know, the reason is that I think the gags were still good. So to me, I'm like, oh, four, I gave it a good rating. <laughs> yeah, that's still below average, Jess. Still below I know, average. but I do think for kids now, I don't know if they could register the creep, but he's also an unknown character. I, I don't know if there's enough here, but there's still, there's something. So that's why I gave it a four. What about I you? will counter that we would not have known who this was because this came out of nowhere for us and yeah we don't have any sort of register on creepy man child after the i see like i definitely watched the movies after i knew the show but i oh okay but i get that that's not the order i still stand by my four okay i don't know i'm gonna give this a seven for kids i think it is chaos i think it's colorful i think it's zany i think it's happy i think this is yeah and this is so memorable from our childhoods like we clearly enjoyed it except for the large march scene we're pretty far apart here and and that one yeah yeah we don't even have a difference of uh whether someone has a lot of nostalgia for it i just i had a hard time it just didn't land with me as much but all right but regardless of rating just to remind folks, we both have to agree on the final question, which is, does it live up? I think we know what I... <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. My wife, yeah, so why don't you go first? Okay, for me, yes, this does live up. Like, I was laughing while I was watching it. It's, it sucks you into this weird world. It's just, like, it's fun, it's zany, it's escapism for me. I'm still for it. I think this movie lives up. But what about you, Jess? (laughs) Sorry to say, and we've established there's a high bar that we have to have a hell's yes. And it's not that close for me. I think, again, going back to, I felt like it was going to be a fun ride. And then I went back and I felt sad that it wasn't. Everything was anticlimactic and it it just didn't land for me. So it's a no. So we are deeming this as, not living up as a podcast yes it has to be a hundred percent we have disagreed a lot lately we do yeah this is not revenge for your what i would say incorrect (laughs) calls for adventures and babysitting and overboard but but this is a no for from the live up podcast and you know if listeners if you agree you disagree i feel like you might disagree on my side at this point uh we're at just have it at live up pod on (laughs) all the social media yes you could you could yell at me on social media at live up pod all right well even though i'm disappointed by jess's lack of fun thank you for listening regardless and we will be back soon with another movie to review and hopefully a better rating from jess